Hey everyone, welcome to the Practica Podcast, a podcast where we encourage the practical application of the pulpit ministry in the local church. And I am one of your hosts. I'm back. I'm Josh. Yes, you My are. Josh. I'm back. And I have to say, <laughs> you're going to say something. I, you know what? I debated. I debated whether to say anything at all. Yeah. Because I thought, how, how satisfying would it be to have all this hype, all this anticipation, you know, and then just, just kill it, right? Um, <laughs> but I, I, I'm not going to do that. You guys completely eviscerated me on that last podcast. <laughs> it was. It was a mauling. <laughs> oh, you're like fine. You guys, it's almost like you guys were a German shepherd coming after <laughs> my face. <laughs> oh, inside man. Inside joke there. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, that was fun. That was a fun edit. And no, I, I, bet. I, I don't just, I don't just, uh, you know. Start new podcasts. Contrary to... P- Contrary, well, I do that. Yeah, that 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 part was actually. See, I didn't right? lie. I didn't I already, say anything. That I already was have too many. Yes, I already have too many podcasts, so that was accurate. But the accusation that uh, elder candidate Colton gave about me, uh, basically, you know, jumping ship when the going gets tough. Gonna have to have some words. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna have to have some words with that guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Especially after I like volunteered all my time at his house to help him build a fence, that going got tough. Let's yeah. just say that going got tough in multiple ways that he, uh, he did not describe it was going to get tough by, <laughs> and I stuck with him. Stuck sounds with like Colton. sounds like that relationship has kind of hit the rocks a little bit. You guys got to like you know go to some, some yeah couples counseling, work some things out. It sounds like you know what it's it's a good thing that I don't that I don't hold grudges <laughs> over a week. Right, that's good. Because it's all out now, and I feel better. Yeah, so thank you, David. Oh, yeah. you're yeah. so Colton, welcome. We're okay. <laughs> Everything's fine. <laughs> well, he's not going to listen to this anyways. So no, he doesn't listen to this anyway. He's only he only listens when he's on. The <laughs> yeah, he just listens yeah. to himself. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> that's he awesome. likes the sound of his own voice. Yeah, yeah, that's good. <laughs> David, my friend, you you. Uh, I mean this in the best possible way, but you look tired. I, I feel tired. Things are a little yeah. bit different in uh, in the Lawler home. I'm currently right. in this season bivocational. That's right. Went a little bivocational. Yeah. Yep. We've yeah. all been there. Yep. Yep. And so it's yep. been quite a long uh, week already and uh, working nine to 11 hour days and then also mm. doing sermon prep and our group stuff. So got a lot going on. Um, That's so, right. but this is a good conversation to have during the week. That's right. We're still here. Look at this. All of uh, yeah. like, all of the work, all of the all of the sweat and tears. We're still here. We're <laughs> and still there, and blood and blood and oh, and don't forget the blood. A little yeah, bit of everything. Lots of, lots of that. Yeah, absolutely. All right, David. Well, um, what do we know? See, this is what happens when I'm not on a week. I start losing my step. Right. Uh, so are you? It's, did, it's it. Sorry. Go ahead. So basically, uh, now we would go to the dad joke. I, w- I was just going to say that. Yeah. Do you yeah, have a dad joke? It's dad joke time. I do. Oh I do. wow! Yeah. Well, you, was, you're not you're not to... completely off. I'm not completely off. No, no. Uh, these are these are these are extra daddish for okay. you. Okay. 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 Yep. Oh, I already told you that one. Dang it! Okay. Oh, okay. 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 All right. Here we go. Why didn't Han Solo enjoy his steak dinner? 
Why? Because it was chewy. (laughs) (laughs) That's really funny. (laughs) That's that's awesome. And all the children listening are going to go, why is that funny, Dad? Yeah, that's right. That's right. Because you got to watch some Star Wars. Because, hey, you know what? Parent your kids in the way they should go. If they don't know that joke, if they don't, if your kids don't know that joke, you got some work to do. <laughs> yeah, that's true. And Star Wars go. is everywhere, so it is. How do you not know who Chewie is? Absolutely. I like yeah, how you're 100%. already offended that someone doesn't know who Chewie is. Oh, I'm I'm already offended at these potential people. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Nothing offends me more than a potential demographic of people. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So you ready for mine? Oh, I'm ready. Here's mine. Listen. Sm- smoking will kill you, and bacon mm-hmm. will kill you. But smoking yeah. bacon will cure you. Oh, cure you! Oh man, <laughs> that's 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 a real, real yeah. punch in the gut. I yeah, know. Good one. All right, those jokes were uh, very apropos. They were very jokey. We are. Yeah, they really were. <laughs> yeah, David. We were uh, last Lord's Day in the first few verses of chapter four. Yeah, verses Started one through verse three. <clears throat> Just two more chapters, man. We've I know. we've rounded the corner. I know. We're on we're on we're on the backside of the track now. You know, so here we go. Yeah. Chapter four, you were in verses one through three. I'm gonna read that for us. You're gonna give us a little synopsis, and then we're going to uh, do our best not to get in trouble with uh, some some of the things we're gonna talk about today. <laughs> <laughs> Buckle up. Yeah, buckle up, Buttercup. It's gonna get hot. <laughs> All right, here we go. First John chapter four, starting in verse one through three. Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they are from God. For many false prophets have gone out into the world. By this you know the spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is from God, and every spirit that does not confess Jesus is not from God. This is the spirit of the Antichrist, which you heard was coming and is now in the world already. The grass withers, the flower fades, the word of our God endures forever. And David, you're going to give us a little synopsis of the Lord's Day sermon this yes, week. Yes, sir. We'll hop into, uh, hop into talking about it. Yeah, absolutely. So as we looked at verses 1 through 3... Um, mm-hmm. we were reminded of something that John had already said back in chapter two. Um, I've said many times, um, and it probably sounds crazy repetitive to those who are at Redeemer, um, but John is cyclical in his writing. He's um, he's writing in chapter one about a subject or subjects, and then he returns from a different perspective to share on those. And so much of what we see in chapter four here has already been addressed in some sense by uh, by John back in chapter 2. And so we see that especially right out of the gate when John says, listen, we need to test and discern uh, these false spirits, these false teachers. And so John says um, in this that it's important for the Christian and for the whole local church essentially to be growing and maturing in God's word. And so our outline was that we must test every spirit, examining their confession of Christ and discerning those not from God. Um, We looked in that first section on why it was important to test 
uh, every spirit. And really what we what we had talked about was the reality that it's difficult to test if you're immature in the faith. Um, it's difficult to spot um, false doctrine when you don't really know doctrine. And I think mm-hmm. there are those who get kind of caught up in whatever seems flashy or whatever seems uh, right in their own eyes. But really, we we centered around the, the reality that, as John says, we're to test to see whether those spirits are from God. Well, then we must know and grow in God's Word. And so if we neglect our nourishment source, which is God's Word, then we'll not only remain immature, but we'll also be susceptible uh, to false doctrine. And so we talked about the importance of uh, what we believe and how what we believe impacts our life. Um, and so I asked a bunch of questions um, in in the exposition, you know, literally asked, can you spot, can you test and discern a false teaching? And even in that, um, one of the things I, I asked as well was, do you have wisdom and knowledge of the scriptures to be able to discern the difference between right doctrine and almost right doctrine? Because those mm-hmm. are pretty different. And Which is a good Spurgeon quote, by the way. Yes, yes, exactly. That's the difference between being able to discern. Um, but essentially, I had gotten into the specifics of, you know, if, if you're someone who's listening to Christian radio, uh, quote-unquote Christian radio, um, do you know what is and is not right doctrine? Uh, if you watch Christian movies and media, can you spot if there is a heresy concerning Christ? And so from that, of course, we had talked in detail about some of those uh, concerning things that come up in Christian media, which we'll talk about in a minute. But we really resolved on how we need to know the Word of God. We need to know who Christ is. We need to know, ultimately, who God is uh, as He has communicated and revealed Himself in His Word. And especially that becomes important so that we are able to rightly examine uh, others' professions, um, others' confession of who Christ is. And so I really tried to examine uh, from... Matthew 16, where Jesus asks the question, who do you say that I am? Um, Because that's a big question that we all have to answer. And so essentially, John was showing us that, you know, his continual comparison, here are those who are not from God, and here are those who are from God. Their lives look different. The fruit that they produce, one is good, one is bad. And on it goes. And so, mm-hmm. really from that, I think the practical application is we need to ask, uh, who personally do I say that Jesus is? And one, does that contradict God's word? And then two, something we covered is, does that does that contradict the, the church throughout history? So not just my local church, and we have differences and distinctives between us and other local churches, but like when you talk about Jesus, you know, we we talked about this in our groups last night. When you talk about who Jesus is, you shouldn't have to go around to 10 churches and sadly find 10 different answers. All 10 churches, despite their distinctives, should have a clear answer that Jesus is the Son of God. He is fully God. He is fully man. 
they should have a basic knowledge of the hypostatic union. And really, they need to understand, you know, he was born of the Virgin. He died, rose, and ascended into glory. And out of that, we covered in the exposition how we need the creeds and the confessions. Uh, The church throughout history has been a confessing church. And in the last 50, probably 100 years, there's been a departure of that. Almost a desire of let's no longer reflect where the church has been and what the church has defended against. Let's let's rewrite our own statements of faith. And while in some cases that hasn't been bad, it can be really concerning. And so essentially from this exposition, we learn the importance of knowing Christ rightly, knowing the scriptures, and seeing how the church has defended uh, the gospel and what the word says throughout history. Yeah. Yeah, and I think it's so I can't think of a I can't think of a of a topic that's more applicable to the times that we find ourselves in. Right? Yeah. I mean, you look at you look at just what happened just this last week with Roe v. Wade being turned over, right? And and obviously we as as Christians, any any true Christian is going to going to celebrate celebrate that. Yeah. Right. Um but it was it was very saddening to me to see the amount of the amount of pushback against that decision from professing Christians uh, uh, and and especially on on social media right um, and it just it reminded me just of the very hard but necessary truth that all not all who cry Lord Lord are actually saved right and yeah. and we have this here that there are so many false prophets that have gone out of the world i think the low hanging fruit are the prosperity teachers right the guys that you see on tbn the creflo dollars and the joel osteens and you know benny hinn and, and all these all these guys that are basically fleecing the sheep in order to fill their pockets right i mean these are these are quintessential false prophets that are utilizing the gospel utilizing the name of jesus christ uh, in order to basically promote and progress their own empires, right? Yeah. Um, and I think I think those are the easy ones to call out because they're loud and obvious, right? But what you emphasize, and I think what the is lacking in Christianity today, by and large, is an ability to discern not the flashy, obvious, wrong stuff, but the subtle, unbiblical. Uh, teachings that come from people who claim to be Christian, that usually have some pretty large followings, um, aren't you know out there hitting people with their waistcoats and slaying them in the spirit, but they're just as dangerous yeah. because instead of wolves in the field, they're snakes in the grass. Yeah, right, and they're hard to see, and you're gonna walk right over it, and if you're not careful, if you're not discerning, you're gonna get bit. Right, uh, S- Stephen Furtick comes to mind. In my head, sure. Right? He's not. He's not the guy that's out there like Benny Hinn, you know, asking for people's money and hitting them over the head. He's a very charismatic dude. He's a fantastic communicator with a great audience. Yeah. But you listen to some of the stuff that comes out of his mouth, and you're like, oh my goodness. Yeah. Uh, and I see why he's popular. Yeah. Uh, you know, he's a and he's just, like, like I said, he's a very charismatic individual. But you got to be discerning. Yeah. Right. And you have to understand that not everything. In fact, I would go so far as to say, and this is just Josh talking. I haven't 
I, this isn't David. This isn't the podcast. This is Josh. I would go so far as to say that the vast majority of stuff that we see in our culture today that's branded as Christian actually isn't. Yeah. The movies that are put out, the music that's put out, the books that are put out, the so many churches that are out there, they're just, they're not Christian. They don't believe in a biblical gospel. They don't understand uh, who Jesus is. They can't, they can't, you know, preach the gospel in any coherent way whatsoever. And you find out very quickly that it's much more about either social causes or a social club or per- being perceived a certain way than actually living a life that resembles Jesus Christ. And I yeah. realize that's a hard truth, but I believe it's true. Yeah. You know, I, I turn on Caleb where I'm at, and it's just song after song after song after song of this, like, just ethereal nonsense. See, I still don't, I don't feel don't, like I understand what Caleb is. It's it's Christian radio. Okay. So it's just a radio it's station? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like a it's like an even worse um Spirit 105. Spirit 1053. It's <laughs> I love that you, know you felt you needed right? to do that. Yeah, no, I totally do. Sorry. I just didn't yeah. know. Kayla, I, yeah, see, Kayla's I this whole like, time I thought Caleb was like Toby Mac or DC Talk, you know, or Oh no, dude! Cutlass I will, I'll or take skillet. DC talk. I'll t- yeah. <laughs> skillet. Skillet's actually. I don't know. John Cooper's actually pretty solid. Yeah, uh, 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 he actually is. But no, I'll take DC Talk over anything on Caleb e- any day of the week. <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> I know what I'm getting with DC Talk, right? Um, but but look, like look. Bottom line, it, it's easy to trash on this stuff, and 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 I don't mean to, right? I'm not. I'm not trying to just turn this into a podcast where we bash on everything that we hate although there is one more thing coming up that we are gonna (laughs) bash on (laughs) but we have to be discerning we have to understand what's true and if we're going to be able to understand the counterfeits we got to know the original right right so that's really really important for us totally and you know one of the things that we that i covered in the exposition was you know for those who would read a text like that or hear an exposition like I gave and would say, well, this is really hard. Why do we have to judge and why do we have to test and examine and do these things? Can't we all just get along? And my answer to that was, no, we can't. Because John just told us we can't. He reminded us of the importance of the purity of the local church, the purity of the whole church. And that we don't just profess whatever we want. We profess what's right according to God and his word. And so the context is really helpful because, again, as we're talking about 1 John chapter 4, verse 1 through 3, John is dealing with false teachers within the church and within the whole body. So not just a couple local churches. His concern is even for the whole church. And so he's addressing, he's addressing directly, and then he's giving a broad application. Uh, for example, one of the things we're going to cover this Sunday is where John continues by saying, and these are the teachers which the world listens to. The world mm-hmm. is not opposed to this kind of teaching. And I think that's one thing that's very hard for us in America. We think that that you know our our christianity should should absolutely um change everything around to where we become this great little christian nation or where everyone starts thinking in christian ways and the reality is scripture rarely speaks that way 
Um, Your eschatology is showing. <laughs> I know. Uh, again, I, I, I even think, I, I think that, you know, uh, the book of First and Second Peter are great examples. You know, Peter talks about, yeah. yes, we will have the glorious, wonderful things that are found in Christ, provided we suffer with him. You know, I think we we just need to be mindful when we hear both expositions and we read the scriptures, and it calls for a hard examination and a rejection of of certain teachers, even within our local church, if they're if they're false. We need to remember God has set that up for us to intentionally be wise, so that not that we would look like uh, these false teachers or look like the world but we would look like Christ. And that becomes very, very important. And so John is really calling for the purity of the church. He's saying, listen, this is extremely intentional. Be on guard Mm -hmm. and test every single spirit. So that that doesn't leave out the local pastor. Um, Again, my recommendation to our people uh, Wednesday night was, that our confession of faith as a church is an incredible guide and really a guardrail to you. Um, mm-hmm. Because again, if I was to get up and I was start, if I was to espouse something new about Jesus, which isn't true, um, mm-hmm. our people, again, maybe I could even respond by saying, well, I, I got that from the word of God and here's my verse. You know, there have been guys who've stood up and said, because of this verse, I'm now a universalist. I now believe everybody's already saved. There was a man uh, in the, in the I think it was the late 90s, who read through First uh, Timothy and came to a conclusion everybody was already saved and became a universalist. And his church, like, imploded. But his answers came from uh, Bible verses. And so his people sure. were were just not knowing what to do. And one, they were malnourished. They didn't have a maturity in the word of God. But again, I think that's where confessions and creeds throughout history have been helpful to the church. And a church's statement of faith should be a great help to, to the whole body. And of course, Mm -hmm. I'm in a, I'm in a congregational contest context, but, but really, I think when false teachers go astray, it shouldn't be that members leave. It should be that the pastor is put out. Right, right, right. There is there is another option, right? And and that's why having a solid biblical church polity is important. Right. Right, because I've been in churches before where it, that polity was not part of it. The pastor messed up majorly. Uh, some some major major stuff, and the church split, and the pastor stayed. Yeah. Instead of the church staying together and the pastor getting the boot. Yeah. Right? So congregation, right? If you're a member at your local church, you have a responsibility, right? It it's we we believe and we confess that the elders are the the authority of the church, but that does not mean that they work autonomously. It doesn't mean that they have no accountability. 
right? Our ultimate accountability is the spirit, yes, but you as the congregant, you as the church member, you are accountability to your pastors. That's that's why that system is there. I've heard it stated that the congregation in this in in this type of polity, which I which I will say is a is a reformed baptistic polity, right? Not every reformed baptist church has this polity, but I do think it's I think it's part of our confession. Uh when you have this polity, the the, the congregation has their hand on uh, their hand on the emergency brake and if something if if this pastor or these elders start taking this train somewhere incorrect they have the ability and responsibility to pull that brake and say hey we are out of step not only not only in scripture first and foremost but also from our confession the things that we all agreed to adhere to right so it's really yeah. really important that people understand the truth because we have a responsibility, even if we're not in church leadership, to know it, confess it, and hold each other accountable to it. Yeah, yeah, and I think that's you know that's why um, to to speak practically about these things. That's why on Sunday, um, I had really hammered home some of the practical things that people find in their daily lives, like music mm-hmm. and and media, and and right. again, books are a good example. Um, you know. TV shows, TV shows. You know, I had just uh, listened to a podcast on the decline of culture. Um, It was from Carl Truman, and it was really helpful. And um, again, he was saying it's ignorant to think that we've just arrived at this place of thinking individualistically, but it's been a slow process of dangerous material. And I think that's a really good example because, you know, a lot of people think like, you know, decisions that are going to be made in Washington are all going to be these earth shattering decisions. But sometimes it's the way uh, the culture moves. It's sometimes it's the way uh, those fronting as the church respond um, Mm -hmm. is a way that can influence these things. So thinking practically, it becomes really important to consider what am I consuming? Uh, what am I being influenced by? What do I listen to, watch, and take in? And so, you know, I'd really shared that not everything that has the label of Christian is yeah. according to Christ. And so we have to be discerning. And one of the things I really uh, hammered home was, uh, you know, for example, on TV shows, I was very against two uh, two medias. Um, and one was the passion, which I had mentioned is Catholic. Um, it was not a Christian film. It was a Roman Catholic film. And then the other that's really popular as a TV show is The Chosen, which oh, was... Some trouble. Uh, this is bad. This, yeah, is, this is dangerous territory. It's fine. You're we're in so much trouble right now. And again, people can disagree with me. It's fine if if you know there are there are probably listeners who have watched it, who who want to watch it. And I again, I think I would just hope that people would consider the conversation because, and, and a point of clarification, uh, the chosen is not Mormon. The chosen is actually made by the son of the dispensational who wrote Left Behind series. Mm-hmm. But one of the unfortunate things is that he believes Mormons and Catholics and Protestants all believe in the same Jesus. Okay, 
now we're to our reason why we must test. Because that is getting into the question, who do you say that Jesus is? Mm-hmm. And so again, when like when media comes up, you know, there's an episode that was very uh, hotly debated, and I think rightfully so, where they have Jesus depicted as uh, standing in a room by himself, contemplating the Sermon on the Mount and trying to rehearse it. Mm. And I think what's really hard is that we have all of these media avenues. And what we've gone farthest away from is the written word. God chose to to give us the word in written form, and that is the final yeah. word. We don't we don't need more media. We need more faithfulness. And so, one of the reasons I, you know, we had a we had a question come in, and they had just shared, uh, you know, it would be helpful to hear a deeper dive into how those teachings directly contradict Scripture, especially if you take specific passages from the films and show how they can conflict with specific passages of the Word. I think it would be beneficial for equipping the saints to see the subtle error. Um, One of the main things that we have covered so much in our study of 1 John is the reality that the moral law applies to the Christian today. We're not we're not mm-hmm. under the law, but the law is our guide for life and obedience in Christ. And so yeah. out of that, you know, it has been understood in again in church history. Um, I did a study of this not long ago that the the Presbyterians, the Reformed Baptists, the Arminian Baptists, the Wesleyans, and the Anglicans all agree um they all agree together that the moral law of god still applies to the christian they are to love god and they are to love their neighbor which was jesus summarizing the 10 commandments and so out of that we need to look at the 10 commandments not as a jew but as a christian as one who's in christ and so again when we look at the Ten Commandments, we're given instructions for life and for worship. And so out of that, we find that there are some things we are to do, and there are things we are not to do. And what we find in the Second Commandment is that God says, Thou shalt not make unto thee any graven images. And so out of that, I think what we're instructed is quite simple. God has spoken in words, not in images. Uh, images are the idea of Rome. They are the idea of uh, bad liturgical practices. And so it becomes really important for us to ask, what does it mean to worship in spirit and in truth? And again, I think one of the reasons why films like The Chosen or films like uh, Passion Uh, the passion, are unhelpful is because in them what we find are these constant portrayals of Jesus that will never be accurate. 
Yeah, you always have I, I and this is what I found with with Jesus movies or Jesus TV shows. And this is going back to like the Jesus of Nazareth with Robert Powell like the back in the 1970s or 80s, right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then The Passion and then The Chosen. All of them have something in common. They they overemphasize and I've never seen something to get it right other than the Bible. Right? And they overemphasize one aspect of Christ over the other. They either overemphasize his deity and lower his humanity, right? So he's this like ethereal kind of hippie Jesus that's just talking in very poetic terms, just it, just in a way that he wouldn't talk, right? Or they go to the other side and drastically overemphasize his humanity and lower his deity. So then he becomes the 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 friendly, you know, buddy Jesus that's cracking jokes and just and and again, I I'm sure Jesus cracked jokes. He I, I'm sure he has an amazing sense of humor, but it's always an overemphasis of one or the other. And what we understand, what we need to understand, is that when you do that, you're messing with the essential truths of the gospel, right? Even though you might not see it, right? So. It's very important that we understand he is truly God and truly man, right? That hypostatic union that we're talking about is very important, and it's an essential doctrine. That's not a doctrine that 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 we can have disagreements on and still be within orthodoxy. Yeah, right. And that's that's one of the major issues that I have with shows like The Chosen is exactly what you said. It turns Jesus into something that I don't see in Scripture, right? And and I'm concerned, and this is coming more from the counseling side. One of the other major concerns that I have with this show is how how much I am seeing people flocking to it as a means of of giving them a greater understanding and a more a more grounded understanding of who Jesus is. Right. Yeah. And that really, really concerns me. Because anytime we are going to any source other than scripture to understand who Jesus is better, we aren't understanding the Jesus of the Bible. We're understanding a Jesus that fits our palate. Right. Yeah. That's because you're not going to go. Because you're not going to. You're not going to like. Like it. It. It makes sense that the Jesus is people are quote unquote Jesus is people are flocked to. He's this really nice guy. Who's just you know he's trying to get his thoughts together so that he can you know and, and like yeah. like you have this picture of Jesus and the chosen that's not accurate right. right and 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 here's what ends up happening right and I've seen this right I've had conversations with this and it's concerning to me now because we're human because we are very visual people that's how we learn now when you read the Jesus of the scriptures. Who are you picturing in your head? Yeah. Are you picturing the Jesus from the chosen? Are you filtering the words of Christ coming to you through the gospels, through the voice of this guy, through the mannerisms of this guy, through the inflections of this guy? We can't help but do it. We're human. It's really hard not to. Yeah. And it's really unhealthy. It's not good because now what we're doing is we are imputing how we believe Jesus 
should have said these things or how he said these things or we think to the show and be like oh that he just you know the the script writers just made it made it you know so much so much better you know than than what i read in scripture and we are now using a filter to read scripture instead of allowing scripture to be our filter yeah i and it's very very dangerous yeah i've heard people say before well man i just connected so much better to that than to the scriptures and that's a problem. It's it's very much a problem. Yes, and <laughs> and again, I think again, I would hold the conviction that no matter what depiction someone makes, it will always be insufficient because it. Oh yeah. While it can, while some can get close to to portraying Christ's humanity, no one will ever rightly portray his divinity. You know, Hollywood no, may be no. able to, you know, come up with some great idea for the Mount Transfiguration scene, you know, but none will rightly portray that. And I think that's the thing is we we are talking about worship. We are talking about when we talk about these contents, we're talking about how they shape who we mm-hmm. are. And if we are to be conformed into the image of Christ then we actually have to know Christ rightly and not according to a show or a movie that is taking awful liberties. And so I think it's very important, you know, again, like for whatever reason in the Christian world, Jim Caviezel has been hailed as this godly man um, who who is like a spokesperson for Christianity. And what's hard about that is – you really, we really don't know much about his faith. He's just been invited into a lot of faith-based things, but he's a professing Catholic. He's a professing Roman Catholic. Right. And again, I yeah. don't think many Christians know that out of the Council of Trent, it was decided that Rome condemned all those who were Protestant. Uh, every mm-hmm. person who believed in justification by faith was seen as damned. And so, again, we go back to the simple point. We need practical application in the Word of God, and we need to understand that there are false teachers within the church, and we need to be discerning. And, and, and again, even I would say even a caution to that is don't go around questioning everyone that says things that are, that are wrong uh, or, um, or like a little bit off is what I'm trying to say, you know. So, right, 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 so, right. We aren't, we aren't, we aren't talking about going on a headhunting mission for everyone who has a different conviction than you do, but is still within orthodoxy. Uh, weigh what they say against right. the word of God. Right. Yeah. 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 And if it's within orthodoxy, I, I often, unless it's somebody that I'm in like real relationship with, you know what? Like, I believe the Lord's going to handle them, right? And if they, if they, if they think, oh, I can watch the Chosen, and it's it's not, and it's okay, like, I'm not going to say you're in sin for watching the Chosen. Oh, you're I, so much I, better I than I me, can, Josh. I, oh, I know I am. I know I am. <laughs> right? I'm not going to say that. However, what I will say is that I believe in order to watch it without being affected negatively, it requires much discernment perhaps more discernment than we have. So you have to be very, very careful with why you are watching 
or listening or reading certain things, right? Uh, I'm all for I'm all for broadening the horizons and understanding the different viewpoints and things like that. But we have to do it sola scriptura. It has to be through scripture alone. That has to be our authority. That has to be our filter. And if you begin to see these types of shows or this type of music or the things that you're reading start to affect the way you worship, start to affect the way you view Christ, the order has been reversed. Yeah. And so just don't pull, watch pull Chosen. Back from it. Because yeah. it's garbage. <laughs> There's salty David right there. Yeah. Look, I yeah, it, again, those are those those are the two arguments right there, right? David and I agree chosen is junk. Uh he's just going to probably be a little harder on it than I am, but 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 I still I I don't think there's a good reason to, right? That's yeah. there. That's I You satisfied there? I'm satisfied is, is there. Okay. And, and again, okay. what right. I was there we go. what I was even saying <laughs> was that, you know, again, there's a difference. I think we really need to remember as we seek to do practical application in 1 John yeah. chapter 4. There is a big difference between asking questions and questioning. There's a big difference sure. between indicting someone and instructing. And so, sure. yeah. And so, again, as the congregant goes out, just because you disagree with your pastor doesn't mean you should go indict him on heresy. And right. so, so yeah, send him a four page email. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so, I guess what my point is again, we shouldn't, you know, think that we're like demon hunters, you know, that we're supposed to go around. Sure. John is saying these teachers have gone out from you and you need to be discerning. And so we do. Yeah. And so we need to weigh what is said uh, against the word of God. If we believe sola scriptura, then we need to understand that God's word is the authority by which every professing Christian must adhere themselves to. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and I will say that there, there also is a difference between engaging in some content for the purpose of enjoyment versus the purpose of understanding it. Right. So, so if, if, if I'm going to read, let's say, let's say the book of Mormon, I want to understand the Mormon theology better so that I can better combat it with the truth of scripture. It's going to require me to engage in the Mormon theology. Now, I'm not reading the Mormon theology in order to find some sort of appreciation for it, right? Or, or to find some, some common ground or some things that we can learn from it, right? I'm, lear- I'm, I'm engaging with the content in order to understand where it's coming from so that I can be discerning and wisely apply Scripture where in that context, if you're engaging with bad Christian music or bad Christian books or the chosen in that way, I think that's a very different context than engaging or watching the chosen because you want to see a Jesus film, right? Yeah. So con- context matters, right? And again, that's why that's why I, I say, look, it, I'm not going to throw the term sin on watching the chosen. I think there's a lot of reasons to watch it. Some could be good and some they're I not know for a fact are oh my gosh, David. <laughs> oh my goodness gracious. You are salty today. Look at you. Do well, we need we, to, do we need the end the app? Do we need to end the app? Are you tired? We, no, we got it. We got it. I'm not no. I we got a question that covers a salty topic. So I'm just I'm yeah, I'm in true form. 
<laughs> you are. You are. You are going. Dare we say full Reform Baptist on this one? Full Happy Reformed to. Baptist. Happy to. <laughs> Happy to. But I again, yeah, no, I agree with you. It, if we engage in things, we're going to have to ask some questions and and learn about what others believe. So, so that sure. that is a a good thing of we need to encourage them. But I I think at the same time we would definitely agree we shouldn't go so far into thinking we're going to test the waters that we drowned ourselves. In, oh, hundred percent. And so, yes, it goes back to yeah. that point of it does be discerning, continue to grow up, and look at your life and your doctrine, right. and and yeah. really examine what do you believe about Jesus? Does that align with the the, yeah. the capital C Church, the true Holy Catholic Church throughout the ages? That right. becomes, I think, a really right. important question in John's letter. We are not advocating, in order to better minister to drug addicts, you need to do some time on methamphetamine. Yeah, right. That is that is not at all what we are advocating, right? Exactly. <laughs> uh, just to be clear. So, yes. Yeah, absolutely. good clarification. 100%. Yeah, yes. Good, <laughs> good clarification on both sides right there. <laughs> yeah. Well, David, I think, uh, I think we've gotten ourselves in enough trouble. I think it's time to... Uh, <laughs> To bring the ship into port and uh, call it an episode. What yeah, do you think, my man? Yeah. Hey, everybody, make sure you send uh, you know a tweet or a text or an email to Josh and comfort him. Let him know you're not leaving him over my saltiness. Oh my good gracious! <laughs> hey, I'm just I I gotta hear to I'm just here to keep you smiling, man. That's all. Hey, you're succeeding. That's all. all right, we need. Hey, I'm trying. You know, it's working. That's right. Yeah. Any hate mail that you have for this episode, I guess I'll take it. Uh, better me than David, because because I'll know, respond at this point. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say because you'll you'll actually engage. <laughs> yeah. I'll just be like, hey, okay, sure. I mean, if you want to think that, let. I mean, no, actually, what I end up doing is I say, hey, why don't we schedule like a Zoom call so I can we can actually have a conversation. Never once has anyone taken me up on that. It's very strange. Yeah. It's very strange how people want to want to stay behind the safety of the keyboards oh right? you put a face so to it. true oh things change things change ladies and gentlemen we know you're not like that because you're listening to this podcast we love you and we thank you for it whether you are a member at redeemer in cedar woolly or not we are extremely thankful for you interacting with these episodes thank you for listening thank you for downloading thank you for telling a friend yeah because you know, apparently people are doing that. The downloads are up. I have no clue yeah, what they're coming which from. Which is awesome. Yeah, exactly. exactly. Uh, we're on all of the socials, at PracticaPod, uh, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. You can find us there. You can head on over to PracticaPod.com and listen to the newest apps. You, there's a contact us page there. Um, David and I are in talks about maybe sometime getting some video content out uh, for the benefit of the church and as well as uh, you other listeners as well. I think that'd be a really cool project to maybe maybe looking toward maybe the fall. Maybe yeah. Fall, f- fall, winter, uh, maybe putting some video content out. I think that'd be really, really cool. So we thank you guys for listening and uh, we hope that you uh, were encouraged, maybe convicted, maybe some things to think about on this app. We love you guys. Have an awesome week. <laughs>